What's up to all my listeners out there? I appreciate everybody for the support you guys have shown me over the past four and a half years. I love bringing this content to everybody um, and, and sharing the stories of these sports figures with the rest of the world. Today, I'm going to be talking to a fighter out of the UK, in Scotland. Uh, he's an amateur fighter with goals and aspirations to make it to the next level. He's going to share those with you. He's going to share his life experiences, what boxing has taught him. Super, super cool stories. Super good information. And you know I geek out about this because as a fan of the sport of boxing and a former boxer myself, I just love this. I love these types of stories and the parallels that you can see between boxing and life. You don't want to miss this episode of the Game Time Guru. So, what time is it? Game Time Boost! This is the Game Time Guru podcast, where I interview sports figures from all over the world to help deliver a panoramic view on sports. So whether you're a former athlete, one of the crazies, or simply a casual sports fan, this is the perfect show for you as we peel back the curtains and learn from our guests every single week. I'm your host, Shane Larson, and I'm helping you see sports through a different lens. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Game Time Guru Podcast. I am your host, Shane Larson. Today on the show, special opportunity for me because I'm speaking to somebody from the other side of the pond about his boxing career. We're going to get to know him as a person. We're going to get to know him as an athlete and what the goals and aspirations are of our guest. You guys know by now that I'm a massive fan of fighting. Uh, I love boxing. I've had many fighters on the show, professional amateur, uh, professional boxers, MMA fighters, bare knuckle fighters, everyone in between. I, I love combat sports because of the le life lessons it can teach you. And so I'm really excited to speak to our guest. I actually came across him on social media. Uh, it's funny enough, right? How social media has this power, but I came across him in some TikTok videos. I, I would recommend everybody go follow his TikTok page, uh, go check out what he's got going on. But yeah, I came across some of his TikTok videos and got in touch with him. And today we're going to get to hear his story here on the podcast. Olivier Casasula is uh, joining the show today. So I appreciate you joining me, brother, and uh, being willing to share your story with us. No, thank you. And thank you for having me. You know, this is a great opportunity to speak to you also. So, yeah. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. I'm excited to have you on the show uh, and, and get to hear more of your story. So tell us, you know, a little bit about yourself, Olivier. How long have you been boxing for? And was this something that is it runs in the family or how did you even get into the sport of boxing? Uh, so basically, I started, I don't know if you have heard of a um, martial arts called Taekwondo. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so I'd started in Taekwondo when I was about 12 years old. Uh, and then, obviously, in Taekwondo, they're quite hesitant on hard punches. Unless you reach, like, the elite level, then you can, like, knock out your opponent and all that stuff. But in terms of when I was doing it, it was more like touch sparring. So you would get, like, a warning if you hit too hard, and I didn't really like that. So by the time I was, like, 15, 16, I got into kickboxing which was more brutal, like you could like knock out an opponent and all that. So got into that and then, you know, I started getting into trouble for not using my legs enough. I would only be punching and then I'd have like the referee stop in the middle of a fight and he'd be like, you need to kick, it's called kickboxing and all that. And I mean, so um, I've always had an interest of just using my hands and obviously like fighting's what I want to do. So I looked at the numbers and, you know, boxing is way ahead than like kickboxing, taekwondo and all the other like kind of, um, fighting sports like boxing's number one and obviously I, I noticed that I was talented in the sport I picked it up quite fast so that's just what I decided to do from now on as a career and I started when I was 18 years old and ever since then I've just 
been improving. You know, I'm a, I'm a quick learner, so I've, I've learned a lot of skills and I've, I've experienced a lot of things quite quickly. So, yeah. You know, it's actually, it's really cool to see kind of the evolution of your career getting into, and why you got into boxing. You know, I was always, it's interesting for me, Olivier, as I was, I was, I was a jujitsu guy back in the day. I loved doing Kempo karate. I started with Kempo karate back in the day. And then I was like, Oh, I want to get into the grappling side of things. So I started doing jujitsu. I did that for a while. But then when I was 15 years old, I was like, nah, dude, I just want to throw hands. Like I just want to throw hands and get into this and, and take shots and give shots. Like I, I enjoyed that piece of it. Cause I was like a true fighter throws hands. And so it was just kind of the, the young man in me that wanted to get into it. But like, I also kind of evolved through like the little things. I realized that, sparring and karate is a little bit different than sparring and boxing and i was like yeah there's a tad bit of a difference there yeah and so it's cool to see you know how you've how you've grown into here now can you tell the audience for us what level of boxing you're at right now are you still in the amateurs how or are you in the professional ranks what are your goals so we can get to know you a little bit better yeah so currently i'm still in the amateurs um so like in the UK, it's kind of different. You get the novices, which is like zero to five fights, I believe, or zero to ten fights. And then you get the intermediates, which is ten to fifteen fights or something like that. And then it's open class where you just come up against opponents that have had 50, 60 fights. You know, it's like anyone who's got more experience. So currently, I'm like intermediate level. So like the 10 plus fights. Uh, obviously, I would have loved to have fought more, but obviously COVID kind of hindered that, and I've not been able to fight since like the beginning of 2020. So my goal right now is just to get into the Boxing Scotland squad, which is like the big kind of club in Scotland because it's the main club. And then through that, hopefully get sponsorships to be able to go full-time in amateur because obviously in amateur, you don't get paid. So when someone sponsors you, you can get paid that way. So my goal is to get into the Boxing Scotland team and then hopefully get into the, the, the British team, which is the biggest one, and then go on to represent Team GB in the Olympics in 2024 in Paris. So that's my goals right now. And after that, go professional as soon as I finish the Olympics. So I dig that, man. I plan. dig it. That, that's, that's, with the whole pandemic, it's kind of tough. I want to know uh, for the listeners out there, like let's say you're an athlete, whether they're a fighter or just a, you know an athlete of a, a different sport, how have you been able to keep sharpening your tools during the pandemic? How have you been able to continue training? What are some of the things you've done to stay sharp uh, with your sport? That's, that's a really good question. I really like that question. <laughs> um, for me, I truly believe that I've actually improved so much more than I did before the, the pandemic. And I've not really, I've been training myself basically, but even in sparring, I can see the improvements in myself. And it's just doing the basics over and over again. Now, I mean, before COVID, I wouldn't really train twice a day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday. I would only really train once on a Monday. Then I had class on Tuesday and then I had class again on Thursday, but it wouldn't be like constant. Like the pandemics allowed me to be constant because I don't have any other distractions such as work or college or university and all that. So it's just working on the basics of the bags, working on the basics in shadow boxing, and then eventually it starts to click. You know, like you start to fix the little movements and all that. It starts to become natural. Like you don't realize it straight away. I didn't realize it straight away until I looked at a side-by-side video of when I used to punch a bag, like when COVID first hit until like l- l- earlier on this year, I saw a huge difference. And the way that I was punching the bag, and I saw a huge difference in the way I was shadow boxing 
and I saw he's different and my confidence in sparring. Usually I'd be quite timid to try out new skills, but now I can see myself being able to lead with the right hand instead of having to lead with a jab first and then the right hand because I've built that confidence because I've worked on the basics. I believe that once you master the basics, not that I have mastered the basics, but I believe that once you have mastered the basics, then you can start having pun like fun with your punches and with your combinations because you're confident. So that's one thing I would definitely say, just practice your jab, practice your right hand, have a perfect form over and over again, practice a perfect form until eventually it becomes natural. Then you can start having fun with combinations and, and stuff like that. So, yeah. Man, I love that. For all the athletes out there, boxers, non-boxers, basics, go to the f fundamentals. A lot of a lot of young athletes, especially in the teenage ranks all the way up, they don't want to do the fundamentals, right? They've forgotten the no. fundamentals. It's not the flashy, fun stuff. Um, and I try to tell the kids that I coach mm. for basketball, they're 16, 17 years old. You got to get the fundamentals down, man, because you guys are all trying to do these cool things. Boxers are the same way. They're keeping their hands down, trying to dance around and all this stuff, well, then they're off balance for their punches or yeah. then they're leaving their head exposed. And while they think that they're being flashy, they're really not even really moving their head well and they're telegraphing where they're moving their head, then they're going to get caught. And yeah. uh, that that that's, you got to master the fundamentals. I think it's awesome. You know, watching the the footage that I've seen of you and your, your shadow boxing and your bag work and the training, one thing I noticed about you, Olivier, was the, the, the footwork. Um, I want to talk about that. I, I was actually impressed by your footwork. Now, I'm not sure oh, how well. you feel about your footwork, but your footwork, when you're throwing punches, it's so subtle, but a lot of people that are just the casual fans, they might not realize like how important footwork is in, in uh -huh. the foot placement when you're throwing punches. Talk to me about that. Like, have, Has that always been something that was natural for you, for uh, your footwork, or what? No way, no way. <laughs> <laughs> like, even though I still have a lot to improve in terms of my footwork, you know, I, I struggle a lot with, like, throwing a hook and then if I miss still being in balance a lot of times when I throw a hook I'll be out of balance because I've overrates and that's just because my foot placement's not been right every right place and the right time but I also have a lot of advantages when it comes to my footwork in the, in the like in terms that I can I can flow like I'm very smooth in the ring like I'm not stiff and my footwork allows me to do that yeah you know what I mean but yeah, I've, I've noticed improvements in my footwork, but I believe that I still have a lot, a lot of work to do in my footwork. But I do appreciate uh, the compliment. So, yeah. No, Thank that's you. interesting. Yeah, You know, we're always our own biggest critic, right? We're the, our yeah, worst yeah. critic. Uh, I will say, for those who don't understand the importance of footwork when it comes to boxing, because, like, a lot of people just watch professional boxers and they think that it's so – there is a huge piece to footwork that yeah. you, you got to work on. Like you were saying, throwing a hook. I do remember the days – practicing and our coach would just have us stand right next to the bag and they would not allow us to wind back we couldn't roll our shoulders before we threw a left hook we had mm -hmm. to stand right there and just throw it straight from the hips like mm -hmm. twist your hips boom and come back and they were showing it, it seems so unnatural but once you get that down repeating it over and over and over again you realize oh i generate just as much power without having to move back just come yeah. straight here bam bam you know and it was yeah. it was all with footwork and and, and moving your hips now i want to get into your career real quick Talking about some of the fighting experience in your in your boxing career so far, a lot of the stuff Olivier that I that I tell the, the the listeners is that there's a lot of parallels between sports and life. And in life, sometimes you get caught. Sometimes yeah. you get caught, even if you're you think you're ready or you think you're prepared, but sometimes you get caught. I want to mm -hmm. know in boxing, have you ever been caught before? Did you ever get clipped across the chin? Did you ever get sparked where somebody popped you and you you thought you were prepared but you just got caught? Tell us about that. I mean. In terms of like actually fighting, like 
in a club show, like with people watching, I've never been caught before. Like I've never really been severely severely hurt. I feel like most of the drama comes from sparrings, to be honest. But um, <laughs> I remember when I first started off sparring at my brand new club, I used to spar my coach who was like 91 kilograms. Do you, would you know? Because I, I don't know if Americans say it. Yeah, we, like we go by pounds. So let me yeah. let me just do this. 91 kilograms to pounds. Say, say he was a middleweight. And, no, say he was a heavyweight or a, a light heavyweight and I was a middleweight. Okay, so so that would be roughly two hundred pounds for those listening from the from the U.S. Ninety one kilos, two hundred pounds. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, gotcha. yeah. So obviously he's older than me as well, so he has that man strength. When I was sparring him, I was only like eighteen, nineteen. So yeah, he would hit me with a lot of good shots, but he never put me down or anything like that. But I remember one time he did catch me with a good. I think it was a a good hook, and that kind of dazed me, and I had to kind of take a knee. But then after that, I was able to give him bloody noses and all that. Like I was able to take him three rounds, like, and that just came through like experience and getting used to being in the ring. So, and I remember when I first started sparring after training during the pandemic. Obviously, we weren't allowed to spar and all that. And then when I was eventually allowed to spar, it was such a shock being in the ring again because you feel so it feels so unnatural because you've not been in the ring for so long. And this guy was hitting me with bombs and bombs and bombs, <laughs> and it's just one of those ones where you're like, "Where am I? You have to gain, you have to gain back consciousness." So you're like, "Whoa! Like I need to, I need to get back at it, man." I mean, so yeah, I've had my fair shares of being dazed, but I've never been like KO'd or put down or anything like that. I've never had like a broken jaw or like a black eye. Like I'm very much defense first. Know what I mean, if if I get caught, I believe it's just because I'm not, I'm not as sharp as I need to be, I'm not as aware because I like to be aware and dodge the punches when they come. I like to let be quick with my reflexes and I feel like if I've not been sparring for a long time, I kind of lose that a little bit. So it's just about getting that back again. So, yeah. Totally. Yeah, you, you, if, if you're not in the swing of things for a, like, it's just like anything, if you kind of lose it a little bit, at least the natural mm -hmm. flow, we call it a flow state when you're in the boxing ring, like you got to find your flow, but sometimes if you haven't been there for a while, it's hard to find flow. And if you don't catch it quick, then you might get caught. It's funny. You said that about coming back into the ring. I, my very first time ever sparring was my second day in a boxing gym, uh, which I was super surprised by. I was 15 years old and my coach was, they, they would tell all the parents, Oh yeah, we won't let them get into the ring until, you know, they've been here for at least a month or to three months. Uh -huh. And then the next day, my mom's not with me anymore. And they're like, okay, so we're going to have you spar tomorrow. I'm like, oh, okay, so my mom's not here, so now you're going to let me spar. Okay, I got you. So they just tell it to make the parents feel safe. And then the, the second day in the boxing gym, they put me in the ring full-on sparring, uh, which people don't realize. Sometimes you'll go like 70%, but he let us go. I was 15 fighting a guy who was 22. And yes, he weighed less than me by about 15 pounds, but he had man strength. When you mentioned man strength, like he was older than me. He had like, old, mm -hmm. like he was just, there was just something about it that was different. And you know, I thought I held my own pretty good, but I actually, that was the only time in my entire career was my very first time sparring that I actually had to take a knee because I got clipped to get across the chin <laughs> and dazed in, in the face and, and I was getting wobbly. So I took a knee. That's the only time I've ever taken a knee or gotten close to being knocked out. But yeah, it was funny that you mentioned man strength. There is a, there's levels to, to the sport. Yeah. People don't realize. Now I want to know what a typical training session looks like for you. We want to know about the insides of boxing. So when you go to a, a, a gym, what does your day look like for training? Are you running? Are you just sparring? What does a trip, typical day uh, training look like for you, man? 
Well, I train I train Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday, and I train twice a day. So on the Monday, I'll go to the um, the boxing gym, and I'll do 40, 40 minutes of shadow boxing. Then I'll do thirty minutes of footwork drills. Then I'll do forty minutes of a bag, and then I'll skip rope for fifteen minutes. And depending if I still have a bit of energy, I'll do some like body weights, like push ups and set ups. So I'll do that, and then later on the evening, around half seven or eight o'clock, I'll go for a five k run. I'll do that, and then that's be done for the day. And then the next morning, which is a Tuesday, I usually go to like the proper, like not that boxing gyms are not proper, but like gyms with like weights and all that, all that stuff. And I'll go on the treadmill and do a five k run on that. And then I'll have you ever heard of a stairmaster? Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll go on the stairmaster for about um, thirty minutes, and I'll go on like the they're like sprinting machines. They're like kind of curvy, and then you a lot like a lot of the American footballers go on these like sprinting yeah. machines. I'll do that. I'll do like a couple of rounds on them to like emu- emulate like a real boxing boxing round. So if I know that I fight like three rounds, I'll try and do like six rounds of sprinting, so that I get my body used to like. Fast pace, fast pace, fast pace, then slow, slow, slow. Fast pace, fast pace. So just getting used to that rhythm. And that's what that machine helps with. And then I'll go on like, I don't know if you've ever heard of those like things where you, they have weights on them and then you push them really fast. Yeah. And then you turn them around and then you push them again. It's a sled. We call it a sled. Yeah, oh, I got yeah. you. I'll go on the sled and I'll, I'll do a couple of rounds of them and then that's me done. And then later on again, I'll, I'll finish with a run. So I typically always finish my day off with like a 5K run. So, and then like I'll do that again the next day. And then on Thursday, I'll take like a day off to let my body re- recuperate. Then I'll do it again on Friday. And then I take for a rest of a weekend. Good golly, dude. Your cardio, <laughs> your cardio has got to be off the charts. Like for those who are just listening, a 5K run is 3.1 miles. And he does that after training like this is after you've already put time in the gym on a monday morning you're in there boxing and for those who don't understand bag work when you're doing work in the in the boxing gym that's a workout in and of itself. that's cardiovascular yeah. it is very difficult it wears on the body you're extremely exhausted afterwards you go home you do your, you, you know you have your day whatever you do during the day and then you go and run a 5k at night and then you do that throughout the, that is crazy man and cardio is a big deal tell tell us though do you feel, do you ever get tired still? Like people would say, well, dude, he's got such good cardio. When you go into a, a match in the amateurs, do you still feel like you get tired? Cause there is, there's something about it. When I used to be in really good shape, even when I got into the matches, for some reason I'd get exhausted two rounds in. I'm like, I'm dying. Listen, you can be the fittest person on this world. If you've never sparred a day in your life, you will get tired. <laughs> <laughs> See, the thing about me, yes, I've got good condition and cardio when it comes to like stuff like bad bag work and running and all that stuff. But because I've been so limited in terms of sparring because of COVID, my cardio for sparring is not the best because my body's not quite used to it. But the thing is, I recover really fast in between rounds. So I'll start off really good, then I'll get tired in between. I'll get tired at the end, but I'll recover really fast and then I'm ready to go again for the next round. So I think for me right now, it's just getting used to not being tired at all during the runs. So that's my main focus right now. And I, I will only get to that point the more sparrings I have and the more that my body gets used to that kind of environment. 
So yeah, I do still get tired in sparrings, but I recover really fast just because I, I, I am already in shape. But there's a difference between being in shape and being in fighting shape. So. Oh, 100%. 100%. I, I am just glad that you said that because it's coming from the voice of somebody who's actively boxing. Uh, people would, they ask me that all the time too. Even playing basketball, I'm like, they're like, Shane, you run every day. I'm like, yes, yeah, it's, it's different though. <laughs> it's different when you're actually the sport specific thing. It, it's just yeah. a different game, especially in fighting because you're getting punched back. You got to be moving. You're moving in different, you know, you're breathing differently. In regards yeah. to recovery, a question I have for you, man, is recovering in between rounds. What are the strategies you have to calm your heart rate to to get yourself back on track when when everything seems like okay you just took punches you were punching people okay okay then you sit down and all of a sudden stuff stops for sixty seconds uh-huh. how do you get yourself to calm your heart heart rate and get back to that energy level um, within a sixty second period people want to know that question so I'd like to know what your what your uh, strategy is so for me my coach says that um, because a lot of fighters as soon as they finish a round they're really tired the first thing they want is water. But my coach says that you shouldn't actually do that. And I agree with him. I agree that you should sit on the stool for 30 seconds, get your breath back, get your, like, breathe in and out, get your heart rate back to semi-normal. And then by drinking the water, it will help you cool down even more. So that's my approach. As soon as I sit down on the stool, I'm calm. I'm not thinking about the fight too much. I'm like, just get my breathing back. And then when I feel like, I'm at a normal kind of level, then I'll drink a, a glass of like a little bit of water, and then that's how I find that is an effective way for me to recover during runs. Now, obviously, everyone has different ways of recovering. I've seen some people put like um vapor rub like up their nose, they like sniff it or something like that. I've seen like a, a few fighters do that in between runs, or they'll get like a bag of ice and put it between their chest and their back. So, everyone has different ways of like recovering, but I definitely think the main focus is to just get your heart rate back to like a semi-normal level and that's by breathing in and out through your nose and trying to calm yourself i like that i've always been interested in how certain people get themselves to recover i like i think a lot of casual fans don't realize it but in the boxing world like you in any fighting sport that is a big piece of it if you can recover faster you'll be able to have a, a you'll be able to perform better that's just the reality of it if you and if you Oh, go ahead. Can I just add one more thing? And Absolutely. a lot of fighters get excited when they're recovered and they feel like they're up for it again to only just burn out again 30 seconds into the next round because they're excited. They have all this energy. So when you recover, make sure you still stay calm when you go back to fighting. Don't get too excited because you were burn out just as fast. So that's that's a very important point. And that's a mistake that I sometimes still make till this, till this day. I get too excited and then burn out really fast. Super interesting. No, I appreciate you sharing yeah. that. That is such a good point. Um, that is a good point. You just, and that's why I think boxing teaches so many life lessons because you've got to be able to stay composed when you're tired, when you're excited, you've got to stay at this, this level. Uh, I want to ask you a question too. This is one of the things that's a parallel with life too. When you're in the boxing, in the boxing ring, some opponents are different than others. Some might be more defensive minded. Some are going to be more offensive minded. So you're going to see a lot of, they're coming at you at different angles They're throwing punches and bunches. And you've got to figure out a way to slow it down. Um, when I was in the boxing, uh, when I was boxing, my my coach would teach us those things. Like, hey, you've got to find a way to slow it down. So when when the punches are coming and they're landing and the crowd is going, ooh, ah, and stuff is happening like that and people are cheering and you feel like the world around you is going crazy, you still have to find a way to breathe through it. So our coach would always teach us like, and this is a jujitsu thing too, but in the boxing ring, when you're in the, on the ropes and you're moving and you're tired and you're sweaty and you're losing your breath pattern, you still had to keep yourself calm, even when you're getting rocked in the face. 
And that would help us slow things down. Cause then I could see, even though he, the crowd thinks he's throwing punches crazy fast to me, they're actually coming slow. I can see them so long yeah. as I keep my body, um, you know, somewhat relaxed. And I'm curious for you, how have you been able to, in a sense, slow things down in the middle of battle? Um, for me, it's just being late on my feet and breathing. When I'm late on my feet, I'm on a rhythm. I'm like, and then it's trying to figure out different ways that I can counter um, the opponent's punches, and that just makes it easier for me. Because if I know that he throws a jab and I'm going to slip to my to my right and come back with a right hand, that makes my job a lot easier because it means I'm not thinking as much. I just know, okay, once he throws it, I can just go boom, boom. And then I start looking for ways to count. So the number one thing for me is just looking for counters to make him more resistant to throw. Because if he's throwing a lot and he's trying to press you, that means he's not... He's not scared of your power or he's not scared of it what's coming next. So you want to make him scared by countering his jab or his right hand because it makes him more hesitant to throw a jab in our right hand. And when he's hesitant, that means he's thinking. And when he's thinking, that gives you a rest because he's not throwing punches. So that's the way I would, I definitely go about it. I dig that, man. I dig it. Yeah. This is this is super cool. Now, do you have a favorite fighter that you look up to? You know, coming out of Scotland, do you guys do you guys, do you have a favorite fighter that that maybe is someone you cheer for? I mean, he's not he's not my favorite favorite fighter, but one one person I definitely want to put on the map is Josh Taylor. I know that a lot of you Americans know him, but I'm I'm sure that a lot of Americans don't know him. But he's from Scotland, and he unified the division, so he's a very very big fighter. I don't feel like he gets enough credit, but Josh Taylor is an absolute beast. So I'm going to put that mention out there. But in terms of like my all-time favorite, it's Oni Money May. <laughs> really? That guy, that guy is a defensive wizard. I'm sorry. He's the best fighter that's ever lived. You can argue with me all day long. That man mastered boxing. And I, like a lot of my style comes from him. You know, like the, um, the pullback, pullback and encounter with our right hand stuff like that, that a lot of my style comes from watching him. So, yeah, I just feel like he's got a counter for everything. He knows how to handle pressure fighters. He knows how to handle southpaws. He's got an answer for everything. So, yeah, he's definitely, like, my top one. Oh, interesting. Yeah. That is cool. No, that's awesome. It's always fun for me to talk to to fighters to see who they respect the most. For me, it was Roy Jones Jr. Now, I did not fight anything like Roy Jones Jr. fought in his – like, I'm not a – I was – I was jab first. I was heavy on my feet, so I wasn't the fastest guy. I'd walk through punches, and then I'd I'd catch you with a one-two and and possibly a three. But like I I could, you know, I'd walk through. I was not elusive. I did not dodge punches. I got I took plenty of shots, but I walked through them to put pressure on guys. But I love Roy Jones, and it's just interesting to hear you know who other who other people like. Um, I I'm curious coming come from that side of the world. What are your thoughts on Tyson Fury? Oh um, yeah, I think he's very. I think he's a very, very talented um, fighter. I think he's got a heart. The way he was able to bounce back from the Wilder um, kind of like situation, and I do believe he's the best heavyweight right now. I don't see like Joshua or Wilder beating um, Fury right now. And of of course, those are like the top three heavyweights. If like it's not Wilder or Joshua, it has to be Fury. For me, I just believe that Fury's got Wilder sussed out. I feel like he knows that if he pressures. Wilder, Wilder's going to crumble and he knows that he can take Wilder's shots now judging by the second fight and in terms of like the Anthony Joshua one I just feel like he, he would outbox Anthony Joshua but that's like a 50-50 fight because at the end of the day it's like a heavyweight fight man like they, 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 they both pack punches Wilder and 
Anthony Joshua. But I do believe that Fury is the inferior boxer to those two. So, yeah, I definitely say that he's probably the best heavyweight boxer as of now. Oh, man. So we need you on ESPN breaking down <laughs> fighters because like this is better than the analysts we get to hear all day long because oh, you actually man. know your stuff and have some sort of backup to it. Okay, so, Olivier, let's let's talk about this. When do you expect your next fight to be? Because, you know, the COVID situation and, and whatnot and, and what's going on with the pandemic, when do you expect the next one to be? Um, well, obviously, right now, the, like, we've only just had nightclubs open back up, and obviously that's a big, big step because it's a bunch of people in a room with no masks. So the fact that nightclubs are open back up, like, it's making it more hopeful for amateur boxing to open back up as well. So I believe I probably will be fighting at the, near the end of October time so i believe that's when i will probably be fighting again so either that of the month after is where i'm aiming tell me about your your favorite fight that you have ever had so far in the amateurs i want to know about your best boxing match what and why it was your favorite oh man like a couple man but i'd say my last fight was probably my favorite just because the boy that i fought so basically boxing scotland decided to count like, my actual boxing record is only, like, I've only had, like, four or five fights. But they've counted, like, my little sparring sessions and, like, the Taekwondo and kickboxing fights. Like, like when I told you when I was competing in Taekwondo, you would get in trouble for hitting hard. So, to me, those were, like, sparrings. Like, in sparrings, you're quite wary. You're not really trying to knock out your opponent. And so, they, they obviously saw how good I was in my previous fights. And, obviously, other coaches from other gyms saw how good I was against their fighters. And so they told Boxing Scotland, we think this guy has a fake record. And so they did like a whole investigation and they found these like videos that I took up on YouTube when I was like 12, 13. And they basically added that to my record. And so they made it that I had like a 13, 13 fights or something. So they put me up against a boy that had like 16 fights. So, and this boy, his dad was like a world champion. So he had all that experience from his dad, and I was I was against the odd man. Everyone was just saying like, just do your best, man. Like, <laughs> like this guy is a monster. Like he's the next big thing and everything. But you know me, I I'm gonna be the greatest. That's what I say to myself, and that's what I told him. So I went to that fight with no fear, and I went three rounds with the boy. You know what I mean? And I believe that I won the second round, and I believe that the third round was quite close. And obviously he won that fight but i believe that that's because like of his status and everything but he was obviously a good boxer as well so for me the fact that i was able to come up against a boy that had like 15 16 fights we've only had having had like four fights to me that was such an accomplishment to myself because it shows me that i could compete with those kind of high level boys and i'm not even anywhere near their level so i'd say that was probably my favorite fight because it showed me how capable i was i love that because you know in life, you're going to learn from wins. You're going to learn from losses. And uh -huh. even having lost that, you you actually realize what you are capable of. And I would ask you this to follow up on that. Having Now knowing that, having gone through that experience, how has that changed your preparation for whenever you do get to fight next? Um, it's just, I believe, it's just made me believe in myself more. It's just made, it's just made me realize my own strength and what I'm capable of. You know I mean, like before I would doubt myself, but I'd be like, oh, could I really come up against these these boys that have had all these experience? You know, I've only just joined boxing. Will I be able to catch up to them? 
And to me, it just, every time I think about fighting and I get nervous, I just remind me of that exact moment. I remind myself of how I was able to get through that and what I, I am actually capable of. So that fight was a big help in not only my future fights, but to me now, you know what I mean? Because it motivates me every day to improve. Because if I can if I can get better than what I was in that fight, then, like, you know, like the sky's the limit. Oh, yeah, that's that's pretty scary thought right there for your opponents. If you can get better than we uh -huh. were in that fight, I mean, you held your own. I think that's uh -huh. awesome. And, you know, I want to, as we wrap up the interview, I just want to know for advice that you might give to people. I tell I tell my basketball players that I coach all the time, I'm like, I wish everybody could box, like just to experience it, to understand why. Because for me, it taught me a lot of life lessons. It taught me how to be a man. It taught me how to face fears. I was going up against older individuals. I was doing a lot of things that were outside of my comfort zone. I was getting punched. I was giving punches. Like there was a lot of things that I'd learned, but what advice would you give to, to those out there about what boxing has taught you? Like, I guess what would be the biggest life lesson boxing has taught you Olivier um, in, in your, you know, relatively short career right now, but it's going to continue on. What's the biggest thing boxing has taught you so far? So the other people can kind of hear about that from somebody who's in it. Um, boxing has taught me that it's all in here. If you tell yourself you're tired and you can't do it, then you won't be able to do it. But if you tell yourself, I can push through this, your body will have to adapt to the situation. And I've caught myself telling myself that I won't be able to do it and I've wanted to quit in the moment. But something inside of me, the competitor inside of me said, nah, don't do it. And I've been able to catch my second wind and come back even stronger than ever. So I think it's just realizing that we all have that inner strength inside of us, but it's up to us to, first of all, tell ourselves that mentally for it to actually happen. So talking to yourself and telling yourself that you're bigger than what you're feeling right now will bring that level of ferociousness out. So that's one thing boxing's taught me. It's taught me that when you think you're done, you're not really done. I dig <laughs> that, it's man. It's all mental. I dig that. When you think you're done, you're, you're not really done. Yeah, no, really it, done. I think David Goggins is a is an individual who who said something similar to that. He's like, when you think you're done, you've actually got 40% left in the tank, um, mm -hmm. at least. He's like, and it's, it's easier 60, said than done. It's easier said than done because at the moment, all you want to do is quit. Your everything in your bone tells you you have to quit. Everything in your bone tells you if you don't quit, you're gonna die right now. So it's easier said than done. This is what makes this is what makes the top athletes so special. Because they're able to push through that barrier. And until you yourself have experienced that barrier, you'll never understand what makes them so great. You'll never understand it because you've never been in that situation before. I dig that. It's so true, man. That's why I love talking to you. You get it. You get it. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's that's awesome, man. Mm -hmm. So, Olivier, how, how can uh, people find you? I want to make sure that if, if someone's listening to this, they could follow your journey. Um, I know, obviously, I found you on TikTok of all places, right? But where... <laughs> where uh, I mean, what's your TikTok handle? I'll put it in here. Where where can we find you so that we can follow your journey along the way? I mean, when when you click on my TikTok, um, my Instagram's also linked on my TikTok as well. And you can just type in my name on like Google as well. You know, I've had like a, a few interviews. Um, I've had a, two interviews with the BBC. Do you have BBC in America? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I've yeah. had two BBC with, um, with the BBC and I've had like one or two news articles. So it's literally just my name on any platform and that that's what comes up. 
Yeah, he's a pretty big deal, everyone. You got to listen. You just all you got to do is a simple Google search, and boom, he's gonna pop up. Because that's that's what big time <laughs> players do. They make big time plays, make make big time moments, and that's what you are, man. I, I can't wait to to see your journey, man. I just appreciate you joining me and letting me get to know you better and and sharing that with our audience. I mean, obviously, the show we've been in ninety two different countries. Hopefully, it will continue to grow past a hundred countries as we continue to push yeah. this show forward. But thank you so much, Olivier, for for joining us and and sh sharing your story with the rest of us. Oh, no problem. And, and again, thank you so much for having me. You know, this this helps me also with like future interviews, being able to actually sit down. And, and this kind of environment also helps me to articulate myself better when I do come up against other like news um, articles like, and people and different platforms that want to interview me. So this helps greatly. And one thing I just want to say, you know, like, like I've watched the Joe Rogan podcast and everything and all that. Like you, you are very good at what you do, and I just want to say, just keep doing it. And eventually, the more you do something, and if you're passionate about it, then people will start to see that. And the extra views and money and all that will just be add-on. So keep doing what you're doing. I can see you're passionate about it, and the fact that you're so passionate about it and you're doing well already just goes to show that this will grow larger than you can even imagine. So yeah, I've really enjoyed being in this interview, and you've made me really feel welcomed and. You know, so yeah, I really appreciate that. Thank you so much. Yeah, you're very welcome. I appreciate you, my brother. Thank you so mm -hmm. much for those those kind words, and it's it's super inspiring talking to people like yourself. And I hope the listeners out there who have hear, heard this interview share this with your friends and family, share this with athletes, share this with coaches, share this with other fighters, share this around so that you guys can hear and learn from Olivier and and get to hear his story and 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 implement those things into your own lives. I, I hope this is impactful for you guys and. For anybody who's listening, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast. Subscribe, leave me a review on Apple Podcasts so we can get this story out to more people. And uh, you guys know the drill. If you're subscribed, we'll be coming to you next week with another interview. Take care. Guys, thanks so much for listening to another episode of my show. Now, if you could go and do me a favor, head over to iTunes, give me five stars and leave me a review. It would be greatly appreciated. Thanks, guys. Appreciate your support.